You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Knock this sucker out so we can. Let's I do it. I really I, want to see the Monday Night Football I game tonight. I really want to watch this game too. So yeah. we're just going to do this. All right, let's knock it. Bye. Who's playing? <laughs> Welcome everyone to RB1 colon and fantasy football podcast brought to you by faketeams.com. I am your humble host, the consummate professional, the number one advocate of the trade Gronk movement. One said Alvin Kamara wasn't worth round pick. The old married guy, Pete Rogers, joined, as always, by some of the guys. We've got the builder of the Dion Lewis bandwagon, the champion of doggos everywhere, the man who single-handedly destroyed the Jaguar season's Mr. Independent Drinker Clark Barnes, and the master of sources, can't win games if you can't win in the trenches, Jimmy Graham's cornhole partner and the future ring bearer Aaron Jones and Danica Patrick's wedding plus headboard aficionado Jordan Smith. Guys, woo-wee, what a week 11 we just witnessed. Hey, Pete. Oh, hey. Hey, Clark. Very solid, especially in the RB1 Fantasy Football League. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> we're, going to, we're going to talk about things that we're thankful for this fantasy season uh, in, in lieu of the Thanksgiving holiday that's just around the corner. And one of my things I'm going to say, it's not actually one of the ones that I'm going to talk about, but I would be very thankful to Brandon Cooks if he could put up a massive performance here so that I could uh, take Jordan down in the RB1 league. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah, this, is, this happens a couple of times a year where the Monday night football game you could be down 60 and you're just sitting pretty. You're just waiting for Pat like, Holmes and Todd Gurley and seeing what's going to happen. So super exciting uh, night that will be irrelevant by the time you're all listening. <laughs> exactly. You all will know what will have happened. So you're just going to know that Brandon Cooks ultimately does nothing. So you know that Pete's in a pit of despair come Tuesday morning while you're listening to this podcast. Um, I do want to quickly touch on week 11 because it was a crazy week, I feel like. I feel like those early games were very exciting. We had a lot of kind of different narratives play out. We The fight, the fire Mike McCarthy movement went primetime. Drew Brees has to be the MVP favorite now. The Monsters of the Midways are back. We saw a grown man's leg snap in half on live television. I did yeah, not, and I couldn't be more thankful that I missed it. It was not a great thing to witness. It was pretty disgusting. Um, but anyways, there's just so much that went down. Uh, so I just wanted to start just very briefly, very briefly. Clark, what was your biggest w- takeaway from week 11? I know that I'm speaking for the entire podcast. But Lamar! 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 Lamar looked very good for a rookie. Look, it looked, looked very solid, and I was extremely excited to see him not just poop the bed in his first start. Yeah, that was the, the I think the biggest worry of all Lamar truthers was just that he was going to come in and after having to fu- having fought off all of those like, oh, should Lamar Jackson be a be a wide receiver in the NFL? Um, him kind of not looking great under center, but he did look good. He looked competent. He had one interception. He threw for, I think, 170 yards or so. But the biggest thing was the fact that he carried the ball 27 times, I think, 
um, and was very effective on the ground and made the Ravens offense explosive and exciting. Um, and so I'm going to have a hard, I have a hard time for this Ravens team. And for, we talked about this last week on last one of one of last week's shows for John Harbaugh, whose butt is very toasty and could very likely get fired at the end of this year. I would have a hard time thinking that he benches Lamar Jackson unless he completely, you know, falls apart and gives you a terrible, you know, hundred yard game with three interceptions and a lost fumble. Um, But you have to stick with him just because he's exciting, puts butts in seats and gives you a chance. I feel like at like surprising teams and maybe just maybe sneaking away into the playoffs. Yeah. I like how they went out with his first start and just, attempted to make him feel as comfortable as possible in his first game as a starter. He didn't, I mean, he wasn't lighting up the field through the air, but he did get a hundred yards on the ground, which is pretty dope. And I think that's, that's totally fine for Lamar Jackson. I think his fantasy value would have been great if he actually ended up in the end zone. Yeah. I was surprised that, and we had talked about this earlier. Uh, I'm just surprised that he didn't ultimately end up in the end zone, uh, given how many times he's run, red zone related plays uh but he did not but that's okay it's all good there's still plenty of time for him to uh to do that and score you some touchdowns jordan do you have any takeaways from week 11 i know you had said that you'd spent most of your sunday driving and in a car and thus were unable to actually witness the games yeah i was driving and also out of commission at the same time but i was watching the updated fantasy app i guess one of my Big takeaways is that even though the Jaguars suck, Leonard Fournette looks like he's returning back some value to people who may have used a first round pick on him. So <laughs> that's something you like to see as we are ramping up a week or two away from playoff time. Yeah, the Jaguars look like a team that is determined to uh, basically not have Blake Bortles touch the ball. And they're just like, our offense is just going to be Leonard Fournette and Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon and Blake Bortles just won't throw the football, which why do you have them him under center then? Man, if the Jags could just play the Steelers every week. Yeah, seriously, the one team that they show up for, then they would they'd be looking great. Uh, But alas, they they didn't they do not. Uh, I know I was very worried in the fake teams uh, week 11 pickums I had picked. I thought about. I thought about picking the Jaguars to have to set the Steelers. And I was like, no, 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 that's too preposterous. Don't be stupid, Pete. Um, so when it was like in the fourth quarter and the Jaguars had a lead, I know Clark, I'm sure, was like, oh, this lead is not sticking around. I'm sure the Steelers will score and win here. But I was very, I was worried that I was going to yet again miss because I almost had the Browns last week. I was worried I was going to yet, yet again miss uh, and not call the uh, upset. I was a little nervous because – Ben Roethlisberger just seems to have a mental block that I know Antonio Brown's good, but Juju Smith-Schuster is really good, mm-hmm. and Jalen Ramsey's not covering him. So just just, just throw, throw it to him. Juju. Right. Like, I know Boye's no chump, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this year or from from Week Eleven was a few things, but mainly the Saints are so effing good, and and we kind of knew this because they beat the Rams, but they destroyed and dismantled the Eagles. And and the thing is, what's scary about them is we saw in a game where the where they put, whatever, 45 on the Eagles, something absurd. Uh, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara both had good games, but like, you know, kind of average, I would say, by their standards. It was Mark Ingram and Ty, um, what is it? Trey Trey Smith. Smith. Yeah. yeah, who had mm-hmm. 
monster games and just went off in both fantasy and in real life. And this offense is just so deadly potent and it's just terrifying going forward. Um, and then my other one was just that the bears defense is hundred percent legit. And I am so here for it. Um, and that, and, and Matt Nagy knows what he's doing as an offensive coordinator. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky looked like the better quarterback uh, as opposed to Kirk cousins on, on uh, Sunday night football. So that that trend of pairing your second year quarterback with a young offensive minded head coach, that's going to continue onward and outward. You can bet the Browns are uh, well. The Browns might be doing that, or they might be bringing ah. Condoleezza Rice in as their head coach because I guess that's a thing. No, that's that, fake news. Fake, um, fake news. John Dorsey said it wasn't true anymore, and I think Condoleezza Rice re- released a statement saying, <laughs> "I will call a player or two if you need my help." Which I mean, they might, but I, I don't think that's. To be fair, she could only be a little bit worse than the previous regime. Who what what did he end up with? Like three oh wins God. through two and a half seasons. Yeah, all like oh, uh, three wins and two ties. <laughs> Beat. I'm with you on the Saints. They they started hot, so it's not like they're kind of turning it around. But they they started good, and it looks like they're getting better, which it has to be petrifying, terrifying. Um, yeah. Love it. Yeah, I mean, if, if the Chiefs if the Monday night and everyone's going to know already by the time we you listen to this, but if I if Monday night plays out and the Chiefs pull off the upset in L.A. and beat the Rams, the the Saints have to be Super Bowl favorites to win the Super Bowl at this point. And even if the Rams do manage to beat the Chiefs, I still think that the that the Saints have to be the favorite from the NFC so far. Yeah, for those who drafted through ESPN leagues, you might have noticed that Drew Brees was super far down on their player rankings list and i was completely perplexed as to why that was true some people had mentioned like oh they have alvin kamara and mark ingram why would they need to chuck the ball so many times but spoiler alert drew Brees is still the quarterback that makes that offense run and alvin kamara is a beneficiary of having a really good drew Brees. yeah i'm with you and i'll slip in my last one here of it's just so much fun that this game is so impossible to predict. So last week, the Titans trounce the Patriots and then get trounced by the Colts. So clearly, you know, the Patriots beat the Chiefs. So the Colts are better than the Chiefs, right? Clearly. And we also thought the AFC South might be the worst division in football and that the Jags would uh, actually contend in it, which they are probably scratched off now. So in the offseason, when you think you know something, you actually know nothing. And we are all like, is Andrew Luck going to throw the football 10 yards? I yeah. accidentally called it right. I was so happy. <laughs> Andrew Luck the coin. Been, oh, God. I love Andrew Luck. He's been fantastic. Um, so there's a little quick talk about week 11. And now we're going to get into the meat of the podcast. We got you help no one on the docket. Uh, and it's a special you help no one because it's not just all NFL players we're talking about this week. That's a tease. Uh, And then to celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday that's just around the corner, uh, we're going to talk about things we're thankful for uh, in the fantasy football world. Uh, And quickly, we'll do You Help No One. This week's nominees for You Help No One are as follows. You've got Carson Wentz, the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, who threw for 156 yards and three interceptions. Our second nominee, James Conner, running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nine attempts for 25 yards and six receptions for 24 yards. Our third nominee is Gus Edwards, running back for the Baltimore Ravens. 17 attempts for 115 yards and one 
touchdown. Zach Ertz is our fourth nominee with two receptions and 15 yards. And finally, our final nominee for this week's You Help No One Award is Pete Rogers, who said to sit Mike Evans and Keenan Allen, both who had very productive fantasy games, and to start Amari Cooper, who was worthless. Ah, oh, Jordan, who is your nominee for this week's You Help No One Award? Uh, I think my nominee's got to be James Conner. Um, he's been like the third best fantasy running back, and I think his lack of production just ultimately had a cascading effect over the entire Steelers offense, which was not great until Antonio Brown finally scored a touchdown. So I'm going with James Conner because I think his him not helping his team really, really screwed the Steelers there for a while. I'm going to say Gus Edwards. And it's a personal reason. It's because, first of all, who the hell was that guy? And did anyone ever know of a Gus Edwards that existed on the Baltimore Ravens team? Because I didn't. Uh, I had said in my five must starts, I write a weekly column where I say five players who I think you must start if you have them. And Alex Collins was one of mine for all of the reasons that you saw on display with Gus Edwards. The Bengals can't stop the run. The defense is garbage. They're all kind of skedaddled and, and injured. And I was all ready for Alex Collins to run all over them. And so when he scored a touchdown on the opening drive, I was like, yes. Oh, Peter Rogers, pat yourself on the back. You're doing it. You're killing it. And then this Gus Edwards guy comes out of freaking nowhere. Uh, Alex Collins doesn't get injured or anything. It's not like he gets benched because he sucks. It's just somehow Gus Edwards becomes the feature back in Baltimore for 115 yards and a touchdown. Like, what are you doing, guy? Come on. So you helped no one this week. I like it, Pete, and I'm going to piggyback off of that. Uh, When good players have bad performances, they helped your opponent. So whoever played Carson Wentz, they were helped this week by Carson Wentz's uh, inept performance. I... Maybe a lot of other podcasts had this one. A uh, little spoiler. I try not to listen to a lot of stuff because uh, I don't want to get corrupted during the season. I want people to at least hear my bad advice and know that it's my own. Uh, but who is, Gutta, who is Gus Edwards? Uh, so so I don't think anybody had him, right? Like, I know he's running back for the Ravens now, but I I didn't at the beginning of the week, right? So Gus Edwards is my, my you helps no one. Uh, I do have to give it up for James Conner. Worst game of the year, and he still got you like four and a half points. Like, right. everyone has games like that. I hope this is just not the writing on the wall. I was looking. I was looking at Zach Ertz is like the same thing. Zach Ertz is like a- averaging fifteen PPR points this season, and like his bad game was four points. It's like for the kind of this, it's absurd. I was going to say Zach Ertz, but there was a tight end who did extremely worse, and that was Eric Ebron. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was Eric, fun. Up. That's a goose egg one. for me. That was super helpful. I, again, I wasn't watching football this weekend, but I thought he got hurt at some point, but apparently not. Hey, uh, Clark, you were, saying, not a good look. you were saying good players who, who, when they do nothing, help their opponent, and your example was Carson Wentz. Um, winner this week is Jordan because I need a shit ton of points from Kareem Hunt da- uh, and Travis Kelsey because Carson Wentz gave me zero points and Dalvin Cook freaking gave me minus one points because he fumbled the ball. Really, I just three picks and 156 yards. That's like point. It's literally points, zero right? points. It's literally yeah. zero points. I depending on how fractional you went. 
terrible. <laughs> Nothing. Terrible Carson Wentz. Terrible. Oh. Anyways, uh, looking at taking our uh, nominees in consideration with the poll on faketeams.com. You can always vote for this every single week. Who you think and the winner for this week's award is... Who the poop is Gus Edwards? Um, a rightful uh, and proper win, I feel like. I feel like this is the best time to ask, sh uh, should all of us who've been saving their fab go spend it all on Gus Edwards? Is Because Gus is like the name of a guy who comes out of nowhere and wins you a championship. It's true. It's true. It's one of those things where it's like you also not only win a championship, but you can brag that you won it on the back of a guy named Gus. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I, I'm glad you said what team he played for because I thought he was just some <laughs> made-up player and like, some weird amalgam of Gus Ferrat and Trent Edwards. I thought it was a Dolphins quarterback. Now we have to be on our toes for you help no one because Pete's just going to throw some. Now I'm just going to make up someone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to create a name. Oh, Taquan Understreet. What? I don't Where know. Where did you come from? I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you would have bought that. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Gus, Gus Edwards. Well done. Way to way to come in and have a big game for the Baltimore Ravens and uh, win yourself an award. Pat on the back. So to celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday, it's literally two days away. Thursday. Um, quickly, a little peeling back the onion curtain. We're not going to do a podcast later in the week because we'll all be doing Thanksgiving celebratory things. So this is our one podcast for the week. Uh, and because of that, we're going to talk about some players who we're thankful for during this season, uh, as well as we're going to give maybe uh, we're going to look forward and give our starts and sits one start and one set for week 12, which, as Jordan alluded to off air, it's kind of hard when you're doing it the Monday before everything is started. And you're kind of like, well, this is like a lot of foresight that I need to have. But uh, first off, what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Are you guys doing stuff, fun stuff? Jordan, are you staying in Green Bay? Yeah, I don't. I thought we were gearing up, Pete. I thought we were just going to have a podcast going two hours on Creed Two <laughs> when that comes out. Uh, no, yeah, um, definitely just watching a lot of football and eating as much food as I possibly can. That's why Thanksgiving is the best holiday. Clark, what are you doing? I'm heading up to Dallas. Uh, the whole family is getting together. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. I really. Uh, I really like the idea of taking a second to think about how lucky we all are. Uh, that's I'm really looking forward to it. Also taking the new dog, which will no doubt ruin the whole thing. Um, well, which will ruin it more when the dot your new dog or Washington collaborating the Cowboys on th Thanksgiving Day. So I feel like Colt McCoy beating the Cowboys is going to make a lot of Texans choose. It's going to be it's between gonna be remembering Colt, you know, from the good old UT game. Uh, but then, you know, watching him beat your Cowboys. I don't know. You'll take, McCoy, you'll take best quarterback McCoy. name of all time. It is a very best good quarterback like, name. Best name, yeah, possibly. Like that's a strong name. Colt. He sounds like he has a story arc on Friday Night Lights. Oh, oh. That's Colt McCoy. Oh, that's so course, sad. That's how about you, Pete? I big Thanksgiving am, plans. Yeah, I got big Thanksgiving plans. Like what you're saying, Clark. I, I mean, we've all been talking. I love this. This is the best holiday of the year, in my opinion. Um, it's all about family and eating a ton of food and football's on in the background. Uh, my whole, my mom's whole family gets together. She, most of her family lives in St. Louis, so we fly out there uh, and they do a huge, big old festivity. I think this year it's going to be sixty some odd people, uh, and we all get together. We all get dressed up. And we have a big old Thanksgiving feast, and it's a fantastic time. So I can't wait. I love it. It's my favorite holiday. It's the best. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, okay, so to celebrate this this whole feeling and 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 to also just kind of add a different twist on fantasy because I know for me when you're revving up for the fantasy playoffs and just kind of reaching this point in the season it's very easy to be negative very easy to look at players and be like oh damn you and I've already done it in this podcast damn you Dalvin Cook for giving me that minus one damn you Carson Wentz at this moment like Clark says it's nice to reflect and be thankful for what we do have. Um, and so we're going to go and we're going to talk about some fantasy players or fantasy just general things that we are very thankful for this season. And I'll start. Um, and the first player or the first person who I am thankful for this fantasy season is Byron Lefwich, who's had the who's been the offensive coordinator for the Cardinals now for four weeks. And in that time frame has seen all of the uh, fantasy players in Arizona take a big step forward. David Johnson is almost averaging 20 points per game now. Larry Fitzgerald spiked to averaging 16.8 points per game. Josh Rosen's playing better. We not we don't have to necessarily watch a rookie quarterback descend into a shit show because his coaching staff doesn't know what to do with him. Chris, Kristen Kirk is scoring touchdowns and having fantasy relevance. Um they're still stuck they're they still suck from a real fan, football perspective, but fantasy-wise they're starting to become a little more reliable and a little more fun. And it's just, you know what? It's just a great thing. And so when so many times you watch offenses just fall apart because their coaching staff uh, can't do anything, <clears throat> Green Bay, <clears throat> uh, it's great to see a new offensive coordinator come in and add a little spice and a little spark to an offense. So I'm thankful for Byron Leftwich. Yeah, it's coming at the right time, too, because I know plenty of people that use David Johnson as the number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. this year and you know if you're lucky enough to just be successful in drafting the later rounds in your draft you're still in a prime spot for a playoff position and having david johnson finally start to average like 20 fantasy points per game is very good and i'm mad i didn't think about this one because i like the byron first switch <laughs> yeah i love it pete and i'll use that to dovetail into my first thanks uh we, it seems like we've got a lot of good new coaches coming into the NFL this year. Kind of Sean McVay is the vanguard poster boy. Uh, but, you know, even kind of Kyle Shanahan, who I know isn't the new guard, but he's fantastic. Uh, Frank Reich, Matt Nagy, everybody that's worked apparently for Andy Reid is a genius. And then having Byron Leftwich come in for the Cardinals. We're getting a lot of new interesting coaches in the NFL, and they're taking teams that were horrible and making them great in the case of the Rams and the Bears, or horrible and developing them, like with Byron Leftwich and Josh Rosen. So that's what I'm thankful for. A lot of the bad teams are getting better, and we're getting a lot of new coaches because who wants to see, oh, Jeff Fisher? The Browns. Yeah, who wants to see Jeff Browser, or Jeff Fisher or the Browns coach Hugh for, Jackson. for a minute? Uh, like, no one wants to see those guys keep getting jobs. Yeah. So I'm glad that new people are getting jobs. And we're in a shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, it had so much steam. And we're in a day and age where the Browns are like relevant and not a shit show. Like this is, I totally agree with you, Clark. It's so nice to see not just like the same teams that we know are garbage be good because I just, it's just, it's just bound. You know, like every fan base should should experience success at some point. Uh, and and it's just, you know, it's just great to see these teams that are so often thought of as the jokes of the NFL, the punchlines, uh, have their, mo you know, see them taking a step forward and see them developing and seeing them become better. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, you just love seeing good coaches actually get the opportunity to show, you know, what they're capable of doing. And 
it it just it's really annoying having coaches like Jeff Fisher <laughs> just get repeated opportunities, and you know we'll we'll start to see more people get literally just pushed out of the way because other teams want fresh perspectives right. and fresh. Coaching I also like styles. how the Raiders were like, "Oh yeah, new blood. This looks great. We're going to do one hundred percent the opposite." and so far, not looking like a great move. Not not killing it right now. Hey, who knows? It's one year, but ooh. Well, good thing they got 10 years to see if it figures that itself sure. out. Yeah. It's it's the long game that Oakland's playing. Uh Jordan, what are you thankful for this fantasy season? Well, I'm thankful for the moves that I did not make this fantasy season. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes your your t- fantasy teams are defined by the moves you do make, whether that's drafting somebody unexpected who is just lighting it up. Um, for example, people drafting Adrian Peterson late in some rounds, or like I alluded to before, Drew Brees getting dropped down in some rounds. But other times your fantasy season is just defined by the moves that you did not make. Uh, for me, that was not giving up on Odell Beckham Jr. because they are actually getting the football now over the past couple of weeks here. Um, in one of my dynasty leagues, I had two big moves that I almost made. Um, for those who aren't aware, this dynasty league also has what's called the taxi squad. So it's like the separate team that has a few either first year players or rookies that you could just put on there and it's it's basically like your AAA team and you call them up when you need them or you let them go. I, so like the Browns? Liter- yeah, the Browns. basically. <laughs> but I literally almost let go of James Conner this past offseason because he was on my taxi squad. And I was like, if he's behind Le'Veon Bell, it really doesn't pay to keep him. But luckily, I did not make that move. And I almost traded Phillip Rivers this offseason to try to get a couple more draft picks. Um, and that would have left me with Derek Carr, a hurt Ryan Tannehill, and Lamar Jackson, who is finally starting now. I would have been in the I would have been in the dumpster. Like it would have been just a complete fire, but now I'm in playoff contention and I'm thankful for the moves that I did not make. That James Conner one. Whoo, baby. That was a very close call. <laughs> Talk about it. That is definitely something to be thankful for. Clark's yeah. giving a statement. No, no one here. wants to hear clapping on the podcast, but I love that one. <laughs> because sometimes you save yourself from yourself and it, oh, totally. it there's something mm-hmm. really redeeming about that. There is. It's a really nice thing. Because a lot of the times you're right, Jordan. Like so much the season's made of like who you do get. Last year, if you got Alvin Kamara. You were set this year. If you picked up James Conner, you're you're set. And so the moves you don't make that ultimately pay out, those are the best kinds of moves because you're right. You're just working against yourself. Uh, the second thing that I'm thankful for this fantasy season, and I, I very briefly touched on them earlier in the podcast. Second thing I'm thankful for is the Bears defense. I mean, in a in a time where fantasy defenses are just stupid and worthless and don't have a real role in anything anymore. Now that offenses just score 30 points, like it's easy. Uh, the bears defense has been the lone bright spot in an otherwise terrible, terrible world. Uh, they've scored 126 total points so far in PPR. The next closest is Clark's Houston Texans with 92, which is a 34 point difference, which is more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. So if you take the total score that the Bucs have scored and the total score that the Texans have scored and you added them together, it's still less than how many points the Bears defense is scoring for you. So I am very thankful I drafted them in two of my leagues because I was like, you know what? Let's let's see what let's see what a, a pissed off, uh, uh, ready to go, invigorated uh, Khalil Mack does. 
and he is doing wonders, and I am benefiting from it. So thank you, Bears defense. I'm very thankful for your performance in what's been an otherwise uh, forgettable year for defenses. Yeah, this is a defense that will just feast and wreck your offensive line if it's not playing well or even great at times. Like your offensive line has to be pretty damn great to contend with um, the Bears defensive line and their linebackers that they have have been playing really well too. So it's just, it's kind of a crapshoot. And this is why I wanted to literally trade the house for Khalil Mack this offseason as a Packers fan, but I guess I wasn't important enough. <laughs> to be fair, Kyler Fackrell. Kyler Fackrell looked pretty damn good. Dude is good. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, everyone loves offense and we play fantasy football, so we probably love offense a little bit more than we should. But there's something out there, or there's something about watching a truly great defense dominate an offense. A lot of times when the game is like 12 to 20, it just means both teams are crap. Uh, but, but the Bears have actually stopped and imposed their will on a lot of people, which is also incredibly fun to watch. So I'm with you there. Totally. Can you imagine if Mitch Trubisky was good? Right, like if only yeah. they had an offense that wasn't completely smoke and mirrors. Yeah, it would be pretty amazing to watch. I mean, it's literally what the Jaguars were. I mean, the, quickly, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's what the Rams are to a higher level. The Jaguars, let's stop giving them credit because last year was a fluke and they're not good. Well, I'm just saying, it, well, just if you look at the Steelers game, if you look at the Steelers game, uh, the defense held them into that game up until the middle of the fourth quarter. And if the offense had just freaking done anything, it's just score a touchdown games out of reach and you win it. I can see why Jalen Ramsey's sending cryptic tweets. Like get me the out of here because when you're playing like that offense is so bad, I would be so pissed as a defender. Yeah. The story about uh, Jalen Ramsey talking to Le'Veon Bell be like, so what was last year? Like that's going to raise a lot of eyebrows. Uh, So franchise tag, like, did you need the money? Did you miss it? Was it okay? You just sat on your couch all season. Did I get that right? And jet ski pictures. Did you rent the jet ski or do I need to buy it? Is it a better deal to buy it and then sell it at the end of the season? I don't know. That's a good thing to know. That's a good thing to know. Uh, Clark, what are you thankful for this, this season? I am thankful for Alvin Kamara. Mm. Uh, I I decided that I was going to go out on a limb this off season. Uh, Twitter was awash with everyone saying, Look, this efficiency, we've never seen this before. Obviously, he's going to come back to the pack. And it wasn't it, – I appreciate both of you pointing to each other, but, like, <laughs> great like, guys that I've followed in fantasy football for a long time who do this completely for a living, like Evan Silva and a lot of other really smart guys were just wrong on this one. Uh, and I was right. And you guys know if you rank, you you are more wrong – you're wrong a lot more often than you are right. Totally. And and so I like yes. to just completely look past that and then just pick out those times that I was right and kind of relish in them on top of getting to watch him play, which is just fantastic. So happy that I ranked him as my number two overall running back right behind Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> <laughs> it is always the sweetest, though, when you are right. Like that is, it doesn't always happen often because fantasy football, it's like 80% luck and 20% knowing what you're actually doing. So it's, it's really good when you're, when you get something right smack dab in that 20%. I thought you were going to say it was 80% luck, 20% skill and a hundred percent power of will or whatever that song, however that song goes. 
That was, yes. I was like, is that a high school Fort Minor's best song? There it is. A little pop culture reference. Uh, I do, I do. And, and also to your credit, Clark, it's not only just that you got it right. You freaking nailed it. I mean, Alvin Kamara is, he's actually RB1 right now. No, Todd Gurley's RB1. So Kamara's RB2. I've got him as two for standard scoring, but killing yeah. it. Killing it, Clark. Uh, Jordan, what's the last thing that you are thankful for this fantasy season? Ooh, ready for me to go off super on brand? Yes! I am absolutely thankful for the new and improved Indianapolis Colts offensive line. Yes! I love Quentin Nelson. He is a mauler. Those pieces are finally coming together. They they finally figured out, hey, it's not about putting all these weapons around Andrew Luck for him to get some alleviated pressure. It's not, I mean, we love Frank Gore, but it's not about giving him a ton of money or trying to upgrade all the pass catchers through the draft. It is in the trenches. You have to have that offensive line and protect your most impressive uh, investment that you have. And that's Andrew Luck. Um, So they've really just allowed him to be an MVP candidate. And the, I guess by extension to that, it's not that Andrew Luck is just dishing the ball out everywhere and everybody on that offense is eating. It's the specific people that you want to be doing really well. So it's, um, it's T.Y. Hilton this past week, not Eric Ebron this week, but through the ignore this week, and Eric Ebron's been going off all season. Um, Marlon Mack coming back to be healthy and even Jack Doyle, now that he's healthy again, he's starting to gain a little fantasy value. So it's all the people that you do want to start scoring with the Indianapolis Colts. And it's actually just fun to see them be a little scrappy and to see Andrew Luck be able to stand upright because we want our young quarterbacks to be successful. Sit down, Saquon Barkley. Quentin Nelson is rookie of the year. And I, I'll just throw it out again. Frank Reich is doing a lot of really interesting stuff with the Colts. Uh, a lot yes. of people probably aren't watching the Colts in the 12, eight, or 12 p.m. slot. Uh, but although the AFC South is terrible, the Colts are showing a lot this year, and they're going to be very frightening for other AFC South teams in the next couple of years. Hey, remember when I'm, Josh McDaniel said that he didn't want to coach that team? Lol. God, the Colts got so lucky so to fall lucky. back into it's about the moves that you don't make sometimes. There it is. Oh, yeah. Jordan tied it all, all together. Oh, put a goddamn bow on that. Put that under the Christmas tree. That's the next holiday coming up. Um, so thankful. So thankful. So thankful. Uh, there you go. There are some things that we're we're all thankful for. Um, last thing we do before we go, because we all want to get to this Monday night game. Um, quickly, we are not, like I said, not doing a podcast later. So quickly, week 12, one start, one sit. Jordan, you said you were so on board with this. You knew exactly who your players were. You have no doubts in your mind who you're starting and you're sitting this week. So we're definitely going to come to you first. Who are you starting? Who are you sitting? You know what? I've been, this might seem a little bit obvious, but I've been super skeptical skeptical about putting Mark Ingram into lineups. But I think the Saints offense has just been clicking on every single cylinder that you've Need not worry about it. Sure, everybody else has been um, eaten on that offense. You know, like Traquan Smith and, of course, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara just going to get you buckets week in and week out. But Mark Ingram had two touchdowns and 100 yards yesterday. Like, both of those running backs can eat. And I'm. we've talked about other teams being able to pull off, like, the, uh, the Saints dual backfield but no other team has been able to do what the saints are doing i think it's it's fantastic just 
Start Mark Ingram. Don't worry about him not getting any points. Be confident. I like it. Uh, my start for week 12 is Theo Riddick staying in the running back theme versus the Bears. First of all, screw you, NFL, for forcing the Bears defense that I just lauded upon to do this quick turnaround where you play Sunday night and then Thursday at noon. Literally, like, what, 82 hours later, they've got to play from from Sunday night game to Thursday midday. Anyways, I'm annoyed with the NFL for that. Uh, but for the last four weeks, they've given up the most receptions, the fourth most yards, and the most touchdowns through the air, two running backs. And we all know that Theo Riddick has basically just become this, the Lions' new slot receiver and has had at least seven targets since Golden Tate was traded. So I am thinking Theo Riddick's going to post a good game. He's worth that start. If you are looking for him, you're like, oh, is he a flex option? He's definitely a flex option this week. Uh, that's my start for week 12. Good take on uh, Theoretic. Yeah. Thank you. I know everybody wanted to hear that. Um, so the Patriots struggled a little bit against the Titans. And I feel like it was a bit of a wake up call for a team that generally kind of coasts through the regular season and you wonder who they're going to play in the Super Bowl. Not so much this year, even though they're. <laughs> what seven and three like they're still good so i think you start rob gronkowski for the rest of the year he's been extremely disappointing so far so i think if you don't follow fantasy football very closely you think start rob gronkowski Ooh, hot take uh but i have been sitting him for a couple of weeks and it's worked out really well i think they need him i think they really have to kind of turn things around on offense they've done a lot of dink and dunk and just hoping that their uh d is going to keep them in games and it's just not enough so then coming out of the bye, the Pats look great, and Grok gives you that uh, first, second-round value that you spent on him. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I've been, as it says in my in my name, in my introduction, I've been all aboard the trade Gronk movement, but I think I, given how they played against the Titans, given that they're coming out of a bye, given that Brady has talked about the lack of explosiveness that their offense has had without Gronk, like, it seems like they are talking this up a lot, which means to me that he is going to be uh, on the field and involved and help open this offense back up. So that's a good call. Full disclosure, my fantasy kryptonite is holding on to people who I've loved for forever <laughs> and refusing to let go. So. Well, that's why an injured T- Ryan Tannehill is still in Jordan's Dynasty League. Hey, he's in the IR slot. Leave <laughs> me alone. <laughs> uh, Jordan, who are you sitting for week 12? Uh, <laughs> who am I sitting? I'm sitting Saquon Barkley because he's not good at football and he never scores any touchdowns. If you're listening to this and you play me next week, just be aware that Saquon Barkley is not going to score any points just, for you. Just bench Saquon. Just, you know, throwing it out there. Yeah, good call. I'm with you. Good. Yeah, no, it, that's a perfect example of speaking a, a truth into existence. Actually, uh, I mean, I, I ha- on a more serious note, I have been starting um, Chris Godwin lately because I've had some attrition at wide receiver with a couple of my leagues. But this whole Fitzpatrick, Winston I like I don't know remember a last time that a team has benched one player for the other so many times during the season that I I'm a little bit worried about how Chris Godwin handles that uh and he hasn't really been playing that well I've been waiting for him to bounce back but I think this whole offense is just unraveling because of the QB controversy week in and week out that makes a lot of sense I would stay away from Tampa uh my sit this week is I, I'm going to, much like I tried to reinvent busts during the offseason, uh, I, I dubbed it plaps instead. Uh, I'm going to do the same thing with sti- sits. Instead, I'm going to call them 
bloop, which is a player likely to underperform. So my bloop for this week is uh, Devontae Adams, who I know has been just a freaking monster in fantasy so far this season. But the last four weeks, the Vikings defense has only allowed, has been allowing only 10.2 points per game to opposing receivers and have allowed the fewest yards, fewest touchdowns, which is zero uh, in that time. Adams has been a beast this season, and he hasn't scored under 15 points per game uh, in PPR. Uh, but I think that's going to happen this week against the Vikings. So again, if you can if you can deal with an under 15 PPR point performance, great. That's why he's a bloop, not a sit. Just bloop. Bold take, Cotton. Thanks, thanks. I have to. I quickly created the bloop after my bold take about Mike Evans came and just bit me in the ass. Devontae Adams is going to prove why he is the best wide receiver in the NFC North. That's my hot take. I just need to get a rise out of Jordan to make the podcast fun. Uh, Clark, who's your final? Who are who's your sit for Week Twelve? We don't even final. <laughs> I don't have one for Week Twelve. I really struggled with this one, uh, so I just was looking at a lot of people's schedules, and I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to sink a lot of fantasy yes! teams. Uh, week Sixteen against Chicago. So let's just keep piling this on. One. Let's just let's make Jordan face facts that his team is hot garbage. Wow, you guys are being <laughs> disrespectful because they have second place on the line here against the Minnesota Vikings, which they are not afraid of. The no one's afraid of them. No, like, I'm so bad at the game. I'm like, no, in week 16, when you're playing for your championship, then no. you should sit. Aaron then Rogers. you should sit. Clark's, Clark's just skipping the, the whole fact that, you know. Wait, we week have... 15. Sorry, week 15. Yeah, so you're not even going to get to your you're Super Bowl. You're not even going to get into the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man. You should just, you should just like, just how you should bench Saquon Barkley. You should just bench Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the season if you've got him. It's just not worth playing. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, make sure to enjoy. You know I want to jump in. Oh, before, yes. Before you wrap it up. Uh, this Thanksgiving, I love Thanksgiving, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't talk about politics or shouldn't have arguments with your family, but why focus on that? So, you know, in case you're thinking like, oh, Uncle Larry has some stupid thoughts on some things, why not just talk about something else and everybody get along? Yeah. That's my PSA for the night. I'm just gonna. We're just gonna scream about how we want Mike McCarthy gone the whole time. That's just all my family's gonna care about anyway. I, I do. Yeah. The one thing that I will regret about not having a podcast during Thanksgiving is the fact that really what I want is I just want Jordan to call us on his phone and just hit speakerphone and just put it in the middle of the table and then just have the whole episode be a three hour long conversation of a bunch of Packers fans all yelling about how McCarthy should get his ass fired. That'd be a great show. It would be better if they're actually playing on Thanksgiving, but thankfully we don't have to be angry on that day. Yeah. Just, just, just uh, hypothetically angry, as you all imagine, McCarthy. Uh, God damn it, that was really just. Anyways, we don't need to trigger all that because we got to get to this. <laughs> <Yeah, sorry. laughs> oh man, yeah, we're it's... thankful. Yeah, we're thankful. We're thankful people. Uh, enjoy Thanksgiving. Have a good Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Uh, this is it for this week. We will be back at you guys next week. And until then, uh... happy holidays.